Alright, the commish is back. After an absence that I'm sure felt like longer than a week to all of you, I'm ready to talk some football. Shout out to the Deputy Commissioner Christian Mund for taking the reins while I was gone. Not only did he put out an awesome write-up of his own power rankings, he dealt with all of you asking about how are we going to deal with the pandemic, the suspended games, and also the emotional baggage of knowing that Cam Newton had COVID. We're going to talk about how the coronavirus could impact our league as well as the teams that are most likely to wind up in the winner's circle this week, assuming that we have games. Typically, I start at the top with the best performers from last week, but for this week's guest, we're starting at the bottom. All right, we now welcome in a one-time champion of the league who was champion back in 2015, but also finished in dead last in 2019 and still owes us a 5K in a crow costume. Uh, he's currently not off to the best of starts, sitting at 0-4 and, and in last place, the owner of The Crow is Coming, John Redmond. John, how are we in last place right now, my friend? Commissioner Killian, it's, uh, it's great to be here with you. Um, as mentioned, you know, the, the team uh, is on a little bit of a slide right now, finishing in last place, you know, last year, and then also, you know, carrying up the rear <laughs> the first quarter of the season. But what I'll say is morale is high. Um, you know, the team feels confident with our approach, our game plan. Uh, we're facing uh, a, a strong um, Elaire. I forget what the heck Christian's name's team. Fresh Prince of Elaire. Fresh Prince of Elaire team uh, this upcoming weekend, and uh, we're, we're just, you know, quite frankly, we're just focused on going one and zero. It's 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 the next team up, and uh, you know, we got to get a win here. So we're going to talk more about your team in a second, but first, I think the biggest thing in the NFL <laughs> and for fantasy football is COVID. Uh, so you had texted the group uh, with kind of your opinions on how some things might be affected, maybe the last place punishment, some other stuff. Uh, what, what's your opinion on, like, how our fantasy league should be handling, you know, COVID games that are getting suspended and things like that? It's a great question, Kamish. Uh, COVID's a big deal, and uh, obviously I think we need to treat it as such. Now, you know, I, when, I, when, I, when I texted the, the group that I would be open to potentially voiding the last place punishment for this upcoming season, you know, I was coming from – what I thought was an objective space, you know, people proceeded to laugh at me for that, but, you know, I can, I can promise you that I'm operating in good faith here. Um, but that being said, I just think we got to wait and see, you know, if there, if there are multiple weeks, let's say, you know, week seven, week eight, where somebody like the Chiefs who have, you know, a material amount of contributing players on teams across the entire league have to cancel a game or, you know, let's say they need to push out their bye week, um, or need to make up a game in, in, say, you know, week 18 or week 19 of the schedule long after the, the fantasy playoffs are over. Um, you know, I think that would be something where we need to, um, you know, open it up the conversation, not only as far as the, the losing bracket and the punishment is concerned, but also for the winners and the payouts and, and all of that stuff, because obviously there's going to be, you know, winners and losers in that front for things that are 
kind of out of our control. So um, I don't know what the answer is. I think we just got to wait and see. But, yeah, it's not looking good for me, man. Like, I I don't know what the fuck's going on with my team. <laughs> So let's let's talk about the let's talk about the crows coming. So you just lost to Jesse. Uh, he had one thirteen. You put up uh, eighty eight points um, at the beginning of the year. I don't know if you remember this, but you texted me, and this is kind of what the text went like. I'm paraphrasing, but it said, "Hey man, I know I say this every year, but I, this year in particular, I really it think doesn't my sound team like is good, and I think I have one of the best ones this year." Um, I'm going to give you a chance now. Do you want to take that statement back, or do you want to double down on it and you still firmly believe your team is really good? Oh, God. Uh, well, after my initial statement around how morale is high and we're just taking it one week at a time, it'd be a little contradictory if I catch up that in the next three minutes. But, um, God, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I honestly thought coming into the season that I had a good team. Um, you I know. You texted me that every year. I know, but this team was different. This team I actually thought was going to be good. And, <laughs> and, was different. And, dude, I – okay. If you looked at the projections for ESPN, they had me at, like, number two. When you brought in Greg and Mike, they both said that I was going to be a top team. And you look at my depth chart, man. I I thought I had – I fielded a pretty good roster. The starters all looked solid, had some, some top-tier players and some, some, some key positions, and then – as far as the bench was concerned, you know, I, I, I handcuffed my running backs, um, which is, you know, allegedly the approach that you're supposed to have, um, compounded by COVID and lack of training camp and preseason games. You know, there, the, everybody kind of saw this rash of injuries coming. So I thought I had a pretty good game plan there. Um, little did I know that literally every single team would be impacted by injuries with the exception of the Ravens and the Rams. So. Um, those, uh, those handcuffs haven't exactly played out the way I wanted them to because both of those, uh, those backfields are 100% intact and healthy. Um, but yeah, man, I think it, I think it just comes down to the receiver position. Like, I mean, I don't think that I know that you look at my receivers, they're ranked. Let me check. You got Mike Evans, yeah. 10th, uh, AJ Green, 81, T.Y. Hilton, 74, <laughs> Brandon Cooks, 82, Marvin Jones, 68. Not great. Yeah. Not great. Not great, Tim. So, I mean, if you just look at uh, – I'm just doing some some quick back of the napkin math here. Ten teams. Uh, we'll say two to three receivers per starting lineup. We'll average that out to two and a half to be, uh, to be conservative. So, uh, if you're a decent team, you would expect to have all of your receivers be top 25, No. Uh, I would think if you're a decent team, yeah, that makes that yeah, makes so, sense. Yeah, uh, so so <laughs> having the seventy fourth and eighty first <laughs> in contributing roles would you would you would say is not a, a recipe for success? Is that fair? <laughs> That's very fair. Uh, I want to actually focus in on one of your players in particular. I, I before um, the draft each year, I kind of have like a. A general roadmap that, and you know, Jarden actually drafted uh, alongside me this year, so I know he. I was kind of looking at how he does things. He had all these spreadsheets and all this stuff for the auction. Mine's a little more simple. I have kind of like a here are the targeted players and kind of where I thought they would go because you can never really plan it out. But I also have a do mm-hmm. not draft list, and number one on my do not draft list. Can you guess who it was? Um. 
Well, judging by the conversation thus far, I'm going (laughs) to figure I was going to guess either A.J. Green or T.Y. Hilton. I'm going to guess T.Y. Hilton, Hilton, correct. T.Y. Hilton, number one on the big board of do not draft. So so bestow some wisdom upon me. Why was he on your do not draft list? He is the definition of the boom or bust player, but unfortunately, like, the boom is in, like, size, like, four font because he's always fucking hurt. So T.Y. Hilton... No, but he hasn't even been hurt, though. He's just, like... The problem is he has noodle on rivers throwing it to him. He can't throw it past 20 yards. I'm not saying he's been hurt. I'm not saying he's been hurt this year so far. He's always hurt in the past. We're only four weeks in. Like, give him... Don't worry. Give him time. He's gonna get hurt. He's always hurt, and he's... Be a blessing in disguise, and I could at least drop him. Justification. <laughs> but he's a boomer bust player who never plays. So what you've gotten is actually he's been healthy, which is, if he's healthy, that's like the rarity for you, but he's just been a bust every week. Um, obviously, like you said, it's not like he has Andrew Luck throwing to him anymore. He's got four receptions in week one and then three receptions each week since then. Uh, has never had more than seven points. Uh, yeah. So T.Y. Hilton for me would be where I look at your team like, hey, this is the biggest letdown for me of a guy that you needed to be better. I, I, it's fair, and, and obviously you got the last lap there because he has sucked, so you were right in that assessment. Um, where I was coming from with T.Y. was, and this is you know no disrespect to Jacoby, I know we got a lot of Pats fans that are listeners, but um, I was of the mindset, you know, he hasn't had a real quarterback um, the last few years. Or I guess it was just last year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was only one season. Um, but he hadn't really had much of a real quarterback connection with uh, with Jacoby. Jacoby was clearly just a placeholder quarterback until they were able to find some sort of uh, better solution. You can make the argument that Rivers is that same guy until they get, like, you know, a full-blown franchise starter that's younger. But um, I was thinking, you know, Rivers, he's still, still a decent QB. Um and ultimately, he's going to be able to get the ball to T.Y. downfield at a much better rate than our boy Jacoby was able to. Now, obviously, that has proven to not be the case. Um, but if you look at his stats, like his last year with Luck, either his last year with Luck or his second to last year with Luck, one of them was real with injuries. But the one year he actually stayed healthy, he was like the number like two or three receiver in fantasy or something like that. Like, he was insanely good. So I was hoping that he could unlock some of that magic. Obviously, it hasn't happened yet, and he's to say he's a liability doesn't even do it justice. He's fucking terrible. Um, he belongs down there on the bench. He does belong on the bench. So I officially benched him this week. So we'll we'll look forward to seeing him drop sixty two on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> on that's the thing. That's why I don't draft T.Y. because I acknowledge that he's he has the one week in there where he gets like you know thirty five points, but then that's surrounded by like three games on either side of like oh, two catches. Dude, I've never been I've never been more confident <laughs> so in my entire life. He's gonna go off for fifteen, two fifty and four this weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then you start him the next <laughs> week and he has two catches. <laughs> yeah. Well like you better believe that split's gonna bring his average up to like the thirtieth ranked receiver. Like, oh, oh I'm this looks good on paper, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. a starting no caliber. But so no to way. transition from T Y, um A.J. Green obviously hasn't done what I expected him to do either. Um, He was one of those guys where I felt that his game, um, his game was was well suited to 
to be productive post uh, major surgery, given that you know he's not he's not like a DK Metcalf type where you know he relies on like his 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 God given ability and speed um, to separate from guys. He's not like a an athletic freak. He's not like a big receiver who's just like a jump ball guy. Um, he's just a, a really really clean route runner. Um, you know, great hands, catches everything thrown his way. So. I expected him, you know, post-broken foot to be able to come back and still be still be productive. And I was actually really high on him after the draft. I thought he was going to be really, really good and might even return to maybe not, you know, the age of Green in the past where he was a top five receiver. But I thought he might be, you know, top 10, top 15. And it, that just hasn't been the case. I don't know if it's... Yeah, last, last game, one catch for three yards. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, man, he's getting the the targets. He, I th- I read something. I don't know if he leads the league, but he might have the most. It, it, it's either the most or like maybe top five targets thrown his yeah. way. Look at any so here's in his the targets. Here's his targets. Week one, nine targets, only brought in five catches. Week two, thirteen targets, only brought in three catches. Then uh, he actually had five catches on six targets in week three, and in week four, uh, one catch on five targets. So 13 targets yeah. in week two, that's insane. Yeah, so, like, he's getting he's getting the looks, which is, for me, like, what makes it so frustrating because he's getting the looks. So every single week I'm like, I should be playing this guy because he's getting the look, and it's just a matter of time. He's too talented. He's going to start bringing these in. It'd be one thing if he was getting, like, two or three looks a game where it's like, all right, Burrow just doesn't like him. i got to put him on the bench. But he's getting the look. So I'm being stubborn as hell. I'm going to continue riding with him. We'll see what happens. This might be the last week. If he doesn't put up this week, I, I might need to bench him and, or maybe make a deal with somebody to revamp my uh, my starting receivers a little bit. But we'll see what happens. So this is the question that needs to be asked then. Which team is more likely to make the playoffs? The Philadelphia Eagles in real life or your fantasy team oh. making our fantasy playoffs? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a good one. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, well, well, let's just clear the air. They both stink. Um, but <laughs> I would say probably my team just because in – it's going to kill me to say this because I hate the Cowboys with every ounce of my being. They've they've played some decent teams to start um, with the likes of the Rams. Um, they went on the road at Falcons. Seattle. That's a really the really tough game. Falcons Falcons aren't a good team. Falcons but they're not gifted them over. Yeah, they gifted them a win, but I guess they're they're, they're only a pushover when they're up twenty. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like the Cowboys have too much talent on their team to not figure it out. They didn't. Like, they have an entirely new coaching staff. I think, with the exception of Kellen Moore, who's their offensive coordinator. So, like, that's going to take some time. You know, they didn't get the cycles that they probably would have liked to with training camp and mini camp and preseason and all of that. So, I think there's an aspect of them learning on the fly here, where once their schedule lightens up a little bit, which I think it does over the course of the next few weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if they start to string together a few wins. And as far as the Eagles are concerned, dude, I don't know what the fuck it is with this team. It's like every single year, it's they just get decimated by injuries, and it, it hinders their ability to compete. And I just, I mean, Wentz has been bad. Coaching staff has been bad. Um, you, you know, basically top to bottom, they've been bad. Um, you know, everywhere you look. So I, it's it's it's. 
it's less of that tells you the level. And I mean, if you're zero and four, and you're you're betting on yourself at zero and four over the uh, over the Eagles, that shows how confident you are in the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, I'm not confident in the Eagles at all. They're they're <laughs> they just they're decimated by injuries. They made the the mistake um, of of getting in in my opinion holding on to guys probably a year too long as opposed to a year too early. Whereas you look at, you know, a team like the Patriots, I know that's like, you know, the Belichick way, right? He always gets rid of guys a year well, early as value. opposed to a year later. Yes, it always looks uh, heartless, but he does it, yeah. It always looks bad. Everyone's like, what the fuck is he doing? But then go figure, you know, the guy who's actually working with these players every single day and not, you know, me or, or Tim Killing at home has a better sense of, like, the true value of players that are on his team. So, um, it seems to always work out for him, and uh, I, I, you look at guys like Jeffrey, even Cox to some extent, um, Jackson. There's just a lot of guys. Ertz, Ertz, even um, you know, there's there's just a lot of guys on this team that um, you know I'm I'm I'll be forever grateful for for them you know giving the Eagles a Super Bowl, but um, you know all their best players are past their prime, and I think it's as simple as that. And you compound it with the injuries, they're just not a good football team. There's just not a lot of talent there, so. I'm I'm not high on the Eagles this year. I think they, I think they probably are like a a six and ten type team. To be completely honest with you, when it's all said and done. So, I want to get your opinion because you've been asking me all the questions here, and I don't think we've talked about yeah. this yet. And I'm sure the listeners at home would love to hear. What's your yeah. take on the Pats thus far? How are we feeling? My are they the like? Pat? Yeah, are they are they like a? Do you put them in the in the Ravens Chiefs tier, or are they like just no. below that to the point where they're, they're like a, well maybe like a divisional that. round team? They okay. are. They they have already exceeded my expectations. I mean, the defense lost like we lost all of our linebackers. Like they just opted out ahead of this year. Uh, we lost some guys on the defensive line as well. Obviously, we lost uh, the goat. So you can't just like. You don't expect to lose, but, you know, a guy brought you to nine Super Bowls and still be good. It's not like we added all these targets for Cam Newton either. So coming into the year, I had low expectations. I thought the Cam thing made sense. There's, like, such low risk. You're not paying him a ton of money. You, it's not like you have someone else. Like, Stidham, I know that some people, like, thought he might have potential, but I was never, like, all in on any of our guys. So I'm like, yeah, why not? Let's throw Cam in there. So I've been, like, pleasantly surprised. The defense has been really good still, um, and Cam has obviously been awesome. It's a completely different offense. It's fun to watch how much we, you know, allow him to just kind of freewheel it and run around. Uh, that being said, even though they've exceeded my expectations, they are not in the realm of Chiefs-Ravens. Not even close. I think that we could – I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we could, like, contend with the Bills um, and maybe we're like a, you know, maybe we're a wild card team and we make a little noise. Like we're respectable, but we're not even close to what the Chiefs and Ravens are going to be doing when it actually comes time to the playoffs. Interesting. Interesting. And I, I don't weapons. disagree. I mean, it's like Travis yeah. Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Clyde Edward Tolaire, and we have like Julian Edelman and like that's it. You know, it's like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I hear you. I I don't disagree. I just think like with them, when you have Belichick, you always have a chance. And I feel like right. Um, what's what's the OC's name? Uh, Big Daniels. 
McDaniel's, yeah, he's great. I feel I feel like he was like licking his chops, man. When he when he got Cam, like it just unlocked an entire section of the playbook that was unavailable because Tom has cylinder blocks for feet. And and again, like that's not to that's not a knock on Tom, like he's he's the goat, but that's just a fact. Like he can't run. Um so I think that like I like from a player personnel perspective, you're right. I think they're all of their linebackers sitting out certainly doesn't serve them well. But when you have Belichick, you're always gonna have a chance and the fact that I they were able that. to even make it even make it a, a respectable game against the Chiefs with was it Hoyer? Who was Stidham or Hoyer? Hoyer 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 started and then uh Stidham came in the second half. I yeah, mean, yeah, like he's it's, it's a, he's terrible. He's terrible. The fact that they were even able to make that a game is 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 remarkable. So you you yeah. throw Cam into the equation there, and maybe they maybe at the deadline they're buyers and they pick up a position player, like specifically a wide receiver who can make some plays. I don't know. Maybe they can beat. Maybe they can go into Baltimore and beat the Ravens. I I I don't know that their team this like they had Super Bowl aspirations last year, and I don't know that the, the team this year is any worse than the team last year. They might you may make the argument that Cam this year is better than Brady last year. Uh, not at this point of the season, at least. But um, Brady was pretty awesome at the beginning of last season, but he ta- he he trailed off um, towards the second half. Obviously, um, I I just want to make it clear, like I still like think that the team is respectable, and I think they could like sneak into a playoff spot. But I'm just saying, I don't think they're come playoff time. I don't think they have any chance against the Chiefs or the Ravens. There's just yeah. too many weapons. We could have beaten yeah. that one time, but regular season, like, random game with no crowd and our defense played awesome, like, it's hard to hard to hope that that happens again in the playoffs. So, you are playing Christian this week. Uh, uh, Christian is projected to beat you by 12 points. Do you agree with that, like, overall assessment that Christian's team should be favored by that much, or uh, did ESPN get this one wrong? Do you have a chance? So, I will say it's it's come down to seven, um, and the reason for that was, I think. Oh, when, it is down to seven. You're right. Yeah, because I didn't have Connor in my starting lineup because he was on bye last week. Um, so once I added Connor, and then just kind of like shifted around a few other things, it got down to seven. I think that that's fair. Um, I think it'll be a little bit closer than that, just because Josh Allen, he's averaging thirty points a game and. I just don't see him continuing that pace, especially against a Tennessee, a Tennessee defense that is, is pretty decent. Um, so I, he's projected for 25. Maybe he gets that. I don't, I don't know. What do you think? I feel like the, the 25 projection is a bit high, especially when they're giving my boy Mahomes a 23.5. So you I mean, mean to tell me like in a, in a vacuum, you're expecting Josh Allen to, to outscore Mahomes. I mean, that just seems like a bit much. Listen to his points over here: twenty-eight, thirty-four, thirty-one, twenty-five point four. If he had twenty-five, that'd be his lowest total of the year. Yeah, that's fair. He's also he runs a lot. He's benefited from getting three. I'm looking at it now. He's also he's gotten three rushing touchdowns, so that's that's inflated his number a lot. Um, But like, if he's if he's three rushing touchdowns through four games. That implies he's on a pace for 12 rushing TDs, which just there's, there's, there's no chance he's going to get 12 rushing touchdowns in 
season. Like he would finish probably yeah. like fifth, like fifth in rushing TDs, including running backs. So he's going to come back down to earth. I'm praying to God that it's against my team because again, we really need a win. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I love Josh Allen. I have nothing against him. I just, I don't see him continuing along this pace. So how would you describe how confident you feel about your team pulling off the upset this week? It's a great question. Um, I'm looking at the matchup now. If A.J. Green has a respectable game, I think we do it. As long as he, as long as he doesn't put up like a point five or like a one point game where he has like a you know one reception for five yards or some bullshit like that, I think we win. I think Sanders. I think Sanders has a good matchup against Pittsburgh. Um, Connors <laughs> alternatively has a good matchup against Philly, given the number of injuries that we have. <laughs> um, and on the on the Eagles side, our our receivers are you know, decimated, that's well known. And then um you look at you know, just across our our tight ends, um Ertz is still playing, but Goddard's obviously out. So there's just not a lot of playmakers, so I'm I'm banking on them getting miles the ball early and often. Um I think we'll get a lot of touch, touches. So I'm confident. I think I think there's I think there's a chance that is again, it's on AJ Green. As long as I get production and not even a lot of production. I'm talking like Middle of the road production out of my wide receivers. I think there's there's a good chance I I, I tally my first win this weekend. Well, Christian's going to be dialed into that uh, Bengals game to see how AJ Green does. Going to be fully if he's the one guy <laughs> fully rooting against AJ Green. He's got it. Um, well, the, well, the, another redeeming quality there is they're playing Baltimore, so there's a good chance they're down thirty five nothing at half. So they're just going to be airing it out. So just, I, just just kind of pray that he comes down with one of those like <laughs> sixty yard bombs and and makes it all. Even if it's one catch for sixty yards, I'll take it. It's better than anything else he's done this fucking year. All right, so you and Christian are at the bottom of the league. Uh, on the other side of things, Nick Picard is now undefeated four and zero at the top of the league. He just earned ten dollars to be in the highest score last week. Uh, when you like take a look at Nick's team, do you have any doubt like this is the best team in the league, or do you think that maybe it's like, well, this is one of a couple? Yeah, so I think that at the top of our league, there are I I probably three teams or so that I would consider to kind of all be on an even playing field. So I think the the three best teams, in my opinion, are Nick. Kyle and Jarden. And I I look at Nick's team. He he has a lot of talent. Obviously he's in first place, he's undefeated, so there's gotta be something to be set for that. But just looking at his players, Russell Wilson's stud, he's a first ranked quarterback. He he might, you know, maintain that pace. So I'm not gonna challenge that. You know, he's he's averaging thirty points a game. I think he might come down from that a little bit, but ultimately he you know, him being the, the first round quarterback, I'm not going to challenge. Joe Mixon, he's good. He's he's the eighth eighth best running back right now. I'm not going to challenge that either. Um, as long as he stays healthy, I know that's been a thing in his past. Where Kyle Kyle seemed to want to challenge that because Mixon, listen to his point totals: five points, ten points, seven points, thirty nine points last week. 
full inflation, kind of three dud weeks and then one good one. Right, but the the important thing is he's getting the touches. So like in every single yeah, week, he he's gotten at least twenty but, touches, and he and he's the lead guy there. I know Gio Bernard is Gio Bernard still there. He is, but he's like super old and has a weird yeah. mustache now. He's super old. He's got a weird mustache now. He's out. Uh, <laughs> Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is like twenty four years old. He's on a rookie deal, so you know how these running backs go. You know, when you have him on a rookie deal. And, as shitty as it is, I feel like a lot of these coaches just want to pound, pound them, pound them, pound them, pound them because they want to get their money's worth out of them. Because on their second contract, they there's an op, there might be a chance where the Bengals don't even extend them because a lot of people don't see the value in in second running back contracts that are you know pricey, um, which I can't necessarily disagree with. So he's going to get the touches this year. Um, so as like a volume play, like I don't know that his 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 like analytical numbers are going to be off the charts, but from just like a pure touches and corresponding point production perspective, I think he's he's going to be. So Kareem Hunt um, with the Nick Chubb injury, <laughs> I think he's a good play. Um, we'll come playoff time. We'll see what happens with him splitting carries. Obviously it hasn't really impacted him to date, given he's the seventh ranked runner. Um, so I, I, I think his first three positions are, are rock solid. Calvin Ridley, is not going to be the number one wide receiver at, at year end. I, it's just not going to happen. Um, Robert Woods is 18th right now. That's probably about right. Um, George Kittle has had a few beast weeks. I know he he put up like a 15-catch stat line against my Eagles last week. And Tyler Lockett, he went off to like 40 against me. He's, he's also not the second-ranked receiver. So, like, he has the two top-ranked receivers in fantasy right now, and and again, this isn't a knock on Nick. Like, I think he has one of the three best teams, but I don't think he's like the, the runaway number one. Just given Ridley and Lockett, I would be surprised if they're even top 10 at the end of the year. Um, I, I think there's, I think they're still good receivers, but like, they're not one and two. It's, it, 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 I like Ridley. They, like they, they have to regress to the meet at some point. I mean, Matt Ryan's been throwing the ball like 50 times a game, and Julio's been like banged up and not had like, Every week been like the typical Julio week that you'd expect. I kind of like yeah. Ridley. I mean, Matt Ryan's been fucking chucking the ball, man. Yeah, I mean the the Falcons' offense is putting up a ton of points, and and then blowing. I don't the know lead. what's going. And then blowing the lead, something you and uh, the rest of New England also know all That's right. all know too well about. Um, but I I'm looking up Julio Jones right now. I don't know. Do you know what's going on with him? Like, is he Hurt or like I feel like he, he has kind of production that he usually does. Yeah, he was banged up last week. He's got he's got zero TDs this year. Yeah, yeah. So he sat out week three, um, and then in week two and week four when he played, like he just had three point four points and five point two points. He had a huge week one, but then after that, dud game, hurt, dud game, and now yeah. he's questionable this week and might not play again. Yeah, so who knows what's going to happen there? Um, I might end up meeting my words with uh, with, with um, Ridley. the Calvin Ridley analysis, but I I just think it's like those those players aren't the number one and two receivers in the league, and and at some point, you know, that's gotta that's gotta come back to the norm a little bit. All right, so Nick in that kind of group of top three guys. Um, one person you didn't name. I'm going to go to the standings here. One one team you didn't name. Who is three and one right now is Mason. 
Ben Paul Mason's team. He's tied for second, three and one. His team's been kind of leaking water, uh, you know, losing Christian McCaffrey <laughs> and now Nick Chubb. But I, I got to say, like, so far for, like, you know, manager of the year, I think Mason gets the award for how he's been just, like, filling the holes. Um, with a 3-1 record, like, without probably his two best players, um, you know, he picked up Davis, obviously, who has played well in Carolina. And Jarek McKinnon's been great just kind of filling in, although I think the 49ers running backs are starting to come back this week or next week. So I'm curious to see what he does. But he's still holding on tight. Uh, when you look at what Mason's kind of facing over the middle of the stretch here over the next, like, four, five, six weeks, do you think it's likely that Mason actually can keep winning with, like, all the injuries that he's facing? Yeah, so I guess first and foremost uh... – Congratulations, Mason. We're all very, very proud of you for uh, graduating from the Mason Leisure Special and uh, starting to uh, fill holes here. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I couldn't resist. Um, I I think he is manager of the year. Like you look at his team, he's how many waiver wire guys does he have? Like Mike Davis. I mean, maybe it's only two Minshew and Mike Davis, but like it's his QB one and his RB one. Um, so like, I think that's impressive. Um, and, and you look at his bench, he's just absolutely devastated. Like Dallas Goddard's injured. Nick Chubb's out. Um, McCaffrey, <laughs> obviously. Oh yeah. McCaffrey, obviously. Um, where is, I'm looking at his bench. Oh, he's on IR. That's why. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say, I was looking at his team. I was like, I know there's one other person. Oh, it does. McCaffrey. <laughs> um, like the yeah. best player in the league. Um, yeah, so, like, for, for losing those guys, um, especially Chubb and McCaffrey, like, probably two of the top ten players in all of fantasy, um, and still having a three-in-one record is, is really impressive. Um, but, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens this week. I mean, he's projected for a 112-point line. It looks like it's going to be a close game versus Jarden. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, again, yeah, it's, it's, it's remarkable. Um, you I'm, see I'm, enough, I'm you see with, enough in, there to thank him to keep winning. I'm impressed with Mason's team thus far. I almost want to fire my head coach and, and hire Mason to run my team. <laughs> All right, so I kind of buried this next topic in the middle here because I, I actually had like a solid like you know week and a half on the island without having to talk to everyone to kind of let things simmer down. But I want to talk about the trade between Murph and myself from two weeks ago. Um, okay. I sent away, so I sent away James Robinson, Cooper Cup, Leonard Fournette, and Tariq Cohen, and I got back, um, Kamara. So, since trading them away, obviously Kamara's been incredible. I mean, there's no, but that's not like a surprise. He's been insane. Robinson and Cup have both been great for Murph. Um, Fournette obviously got hurt, and it's still taking some time to figure out what's going on in Tampa, and then Cohen tore his ACL. Um, when you kind of look at this trade, like what do you what do you make of my team and Murph's team and how this trade shook out for both of us? If you recall, I, I forget what exactly I said when when this went down, but I texted you separately, and I thought that you got away with highway robbery there. Um, I think that like Kamara is, I mean, he's a stud, right? He's a, he's a top three fantasy player, and. Um, I just think that the top tier guys like are so valuable, and for for the top three to five players, you you pay a premium to get reliability and consistency. You know that 
every single week, Alvin Kamara is going to get you, at the very least, I don't know, 12 like, points. Usually yeah, higher. I, usually, yeah, usually much higher. Yeah, yeah, but like, like his, but his, that's like his floor, right? Even on like the worst week, he's going to get you 12 points. Um, where uh, not a ton of running backs can say that. And, um, obviously you lucked out with like the Tariq Cohen getting injured. So that makes it look good on your end. But even at the moment, I thought this was a really good trade for you. Um, gives your team a lot more top end talent. Um, once, Five weeks start to come into the equation, and you know your starters have to you know be benched as a result. I I think you might have some tr- some challenges there, but as far as top end talent, you know you can make the argument that you have the best starters right now um, because of this trade. So I think it was a win for you. Um, obviously, Cooper Cup has has um, done well. James Robinson has done well. So I, it, it looks like it's been a win for both sides. I'd say. In my opinion, though, you you probably got the best of the trade. Yeah, I mean, Kamara. Since I got Kamara, also it's nice that Michael Thomas like happened to get hurt at that same time, um, so he's getting even more attention. But you know, Kamara with thirty eight points, and then a week where he had um, nineteen points. Whereas you know, I'm looking at what uh, what Murph got. So yeah, Robinson um, had twenty eight points, and then thirteen points. And Cooper Cup, I know, had two back-to-back strong weeks. Yeah, like 22 and uh, 15 for Cooper Cup. So uh, if I think, like, my overall takeaway at the end of it was, like, Murph was getting, like, 2.5 starters for one great starter, and he was in a desperate position. I don't know, like, what the other offers were that were out there, but Leonard Fournette, he's hurt. Like, he missed last week. He's going to miss this week. There's a reason that... In Tampa, like, Ronald Jones, like, hasn't been the answer for the last two years. Like, he's, he's just not at the talent level that I think Fournette is when he's at his best. I don't know that necessarily it's going to work out in a situation where Fournette is, like, incredible, but I think it could be sort of like a like a Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt situation, um, you know, where Fournette could end up having some value later in the year, which is why I say it's, like, two and a half players for Murph. And we saw Fournette yeah. have – a 25 point game in week two. So it's like, I think come like later in the year, this could end up benefiting Murph more than me. If, uh, like you said, I can't really navigate the, the bye weeks and the injuries that happen, but I definitely am happy I had Kamara. Yeah. And it's less risky for Murph too, just given he got more of a haul, um, than just one player. So like, if God forbid anything happens to Kamara, you're in a really, really rough spot. Yeah. God um, forbid. Given, you, yeah, God Don't forbid, you giving you... Don't you that into existence. <laughs> I mean, you gave up your entire bench to get him, so if anything happens, you're... Uh, <laughs> if things go according to my plan, starters. you're going to have you're gonna have a really, really good starting lineup. So it's yeah. a trade-off, it's a risk. Um, but I... I yeah, gun to my head, I think you I think you made out better there. Um, but I'm, I am happy to see that Murph's getting value out of it as well. Okay, so... As we wrap things up here, what I want to do is, you know, do a quick preview of all the matchups so everyone kind of knows who you're picking uh, this week and why. Uh, we already kind of talked about you versus Christian, and you picked yourself and felt like this was the week if A.J. Green plays well that you get your first <laughs> W. So yes, sir. It's going to be a uh, – what, what was the Thursday night game, like last week or two weeks ago? It was like the Dolphins versus the Jags or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's mine and Christian's matchup. <laughs> Although a real I, I don't even remember. I, 
I don't even remember who won, but I need a I I think the Dolphins won, right? Dolphins won, yeah. Dolphins won that game. Yeah. I need a Ryan Fitzpatrick esque performance from Mahomes this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I hope that you're. And I hope that you dress like uh, Fitzpatrick to watch uh, all your games this week too. Like where the you know you need the chain, the Conor McGregor look with the chain, the glasses, chest hair out. <laughs> all right. Oh man. So you're gonna get a dub over Christian, according to you, as long as AJ oh, yeah. Green uh, does what he needs to do. So let's focus in on uh, this matchup. Go to your scoreboard. Bring up Mike Rue, who's two and two against Murph, who's one and three. Um, you know, Murph obviously went to the waiver wire again this week, uh, picked up Justin Jackson, um, and he is projected to lose by about five five points or so. Uh, what do you think in this matchup? Who's winning this? Yeah, so give me one second. I got one of these bullshit ads that comes up whenever you look at Fantasy <laughs> Cast. <laughs> I'm, leaving, I'm leaving that in. You want to click box score, not fantasy cast. Well, I clicked matchup. I didn't think it was going to bring me that fantasy cast, but in any way, we we got there. Um, <laughs> all right, so I'm I'm looking at the the matchup now. Do we know anything about um what's his name? Michael Thomas. Yeah, Michael Thomas. He's questionable. I think if he, I think it's as simple as this. I think if he plays, then Murph wins. If he doesn't play, Rue Rue wins. Wow, that simple. If Michael Thomas, see, if Michael Thomas is in right now, he's still projected to lose. You still think you think Michael Thomas is that big of a difference maker? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think he's. I mean, he was the number one player. Wasn't he the number one player in fantasy last year? He he's was definitely the number one he receiver. Uh, so I think they're being conservative, projecting him at fourteen, just given he's coming off like a pretty serious injury. Um, but with him in the lineup, like it makes all the difference for that offense. Um, so I, I think if he plays, then, then Murph wins. I was going to say, even just like looking at his matchups too, like Cooper Cup against the, the Redskins, excuse me, the football team, he's going to feast against them. Um, Ben Roethlisberger against the Eagles is going to feast against them. Um, I, I think he's, he has some good matchups on his team. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Murph here. All right, uh, I think I'm going to go with Mike in this one, although I don't feel great about the fact that he has to start Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb uh, just because Julio's hurt, and uh, he has Deontay Johnson as another option, but obviously both Cooper and Lamb last week had 27 points and 22 points, respectively. I know this because I just played Mike. Uh, So Amari Cooper had just like a huge game against me. I don't know that, like, you can count on both of them to go off. I think it's more likely that, like, one of them has a really good game and one's going to kind of, you know, not get as much volume, obviously. That would kind of regress back to the mean. Um, but that being said, they're playing the Giants, and the Giants stink. <laughs> also, he has, he has favorable matchups for every one of his positions, like, in the bottom third of the league except for um, Lamar Jackson, uh, but I'm going to bet on Lamar in this one, uh, saying that he has a really good game against Cincy, and I'm going to go Mike Rue. I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. But, that's that's fair. That's fair. And and to, to not to 
not to harp on this point, but um, like the the Amari Cooper C D Lamb aspect was one of the reasons why I picked uh, Murph in this one because I don't and take this with a fucking grain of salt because clearly I don't know anything about fantasy football, but. <laughs> If I were managing this team, I would probably only play one of them because you look at that Giants matchup, that has a Zeke game written all over it. They're going to score a gajillion points on the Giants, and there's a chance that this is going to be over by halftime where they're not going to be passing the ball in the third and fourth quarter. Like, they're just going to be running the ball to just run out the clock and be done with the game. So I actually, like... Ironically enough, I see this as a pretty dominant Cowboys win, but not a super productive day in the air just because of the matchup, and, and I, I expect the Cowboys will be up by a decent amount in this matchup. You know, Mike's just shaking his head like, yeah, you know what, John? Good thing you're not managing my team. Otherwise, I'd be 0-4. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, Mike, the safest thing to do would be to leave him in because they're probably going to go <laughs> off for 40. All right. Next matchup to move on to, pull up uh, Jesse versus Kyle. So we got Jesse at 3-1. and one. Uh, Kyle is 2-2. Two and two. Right now, Jesse's projected to win by about five points. Uh, who do you like in this one? Yeah, I like Kyle in this one. I like Wow, Kyle. another underdog. Yeah. Um, he also needs to – so the tight end position is – is a little bit worrisome because it doesn't look like Fox going to play. And, and I don't know if he has a replacement yet. Oh, he does. He has he Hawk- oh, Hawkinson's on bye. Hawkinson's on bye. Because he texted, so Kyle texted the group saying if uh, he doesn't play, if no Font doesn't play, that he might just start him with zero points. What do you think he's about so that? Foolish. He's He's not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That would be a, a, a ridiculous play. As opposed to cutting your, like, 15th guy, you're just going to take an L for the week. Yeah. That's, that's, he's not going to do that. Um, I think once you get the tight end there, tight end in there, it's going to be a little bit more even of a matchup. And, um, I just, I really like his position players. I like Cook, Taylor, Beckham, and McLaurin. Um, I think that Bridgewater and Breeze is probably going to be a wash given who they're playing. Um, I think the Chargers have a, a pretty decent defense. If you look at their, uh, you know, the quarterbacks they've played, they've, they've largely held them in check, um, especially Mahomes. Like, he, I mean, they, the, the Chiefs won the game, but I don't, Mahomes didn't have a great game by any means against the, the Chargers defense. I think they have, like, a pretty sneaky good secondary. And then Bridgewater, he's playing the Atlanta Falcons. Like, that's going to be a 40-35 to 35 game, you know that. Um, just based yeah. on, on how the, the the Falcons have played this year, so I think there's some points to be had for Bridgewater, um, and, and and after that, I just look at the position players, and I think Kyle's just got better position players than uh, than Jesse does. As, assuming he starts a fucking tight end, <laughs> if he doesn't start a tight end, then, picking, then, then I revoke my pick and I'm calling with Jesse. <laughs> yeah. Um... God, this is a tough matchup to predict. You know, Jesse obviously not going to play guys like Edelman and James White down on his bench anyways, but, um, you know, I, I could see the Pats not having a game this week. Um, God, this is a tough one for me. I guess I'll go Kyle as well in this, if he starts a tight end, just because I'm looking at, like, 
I feel like Dalvin Cook has been incredible. Jonathan Taylor's been really dependable. Kenyon Drake, I've been in my other league, and he's been so bad. He's been just <laughs> totally just, like, look at what he did. 13 touches, 35 yards, 3.5 points last week. Like, thanks a lot, man. Melvin Gordon obviously did great <laughs> last week, but if you're asking me to pick between Dalvin Cook and Jonathan Taylor or Drake and Gordon, I'm going with Cook and Taylor. Um, so for that and hoping he starts a tight end, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go Kyle. Kyle beats that team. Yeah. So next one, go ahead and click on Jarden versus Mason. So Jarden, who's the owner of the fan club, uh, is at 2-2. Two and two. Mason, the owner of the fantasy football team, at 3-1. and one. They're basically projected to tie, just like straight-up tie in this <laughs> one. Um, you know, when you look at these two teams, obviously Jarden has some Kansas City Chiefs. He has A.J. Brown uh, on the Titans. Uh, as of right now, those guys are all projected for points, assuming that they're going to play. So let's just, for the sake of argument, assume these games happen. Uh, who do you like? I like Jarden here. And the reason I like Jarden is um, his his receivers. I think he's got a huge advantage there. And I think you look at somebody like Stephon Diggs, who's currently the number six-ranked player in fantasy. Um, he's one of those guys where, again, I think he's gotten, you know, off, he's gotten off to a pretty hot start this year, but I don't necessarily see him maintaining this kind of today's, this kind of pace in production. So he's going to come down a little bit. Um, Keenan Allen, he's he's a great player. I love Keenan Allen, but he's 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 right about where he should be. Um, and then you look at Allen Robinson as well. He's a great receiver. Um, he's probably right around where he should be. But AJ Brown, he's someone who hasn't really played much this year. Um, depending on if he's healthy or not, if he's healthy, he's an absolute beast. I think he could be one of the top ten receivers in the league. He's like that athletically gifted. Um, so if he's playing, I think that his projection is a little bit low. I could see him, you know, having like an eruption of a game as kind of like his, his breakout for 2020 now that he's fully healthy. Um, and then just like the, the Hill Kelsey connection playing Las Vegas team that sure as hell isn't known for, you know, having a great defense this year. Um, so I, I think that, you know, there's, there's some points to be had on, on Jarden's side and, Objectively, just looking at the, product, the projections, I think that the, his two KC team members, Tyreek and, and Kelsey, are, are a little low, and I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, get closer towards the uh, the twenty range, and, and Brown gets closer to that twenty range than, you know, their their original projections here. So I should also add um, that Stephon Diggs is playing against the Titans. So obviously, if no AJ Brown for Jarden, that means no Stephon Diggs for Mason. Um, so in the instance where COVID would come into play, it would affect both sides. Um, man, this is a tough oh, one. Oh, shit. It's totally, I didn't even think about it, that. Yeah, that's what I meant at the beginning, just that, like, you know, the Chiefs players and the Titans players in this uh, instance, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen, but as of right now, they're saying they're going to play. Uh, so. But <laughs> I, I thought you were just referring to, like, injuries. No, no, COVID. <laughs> the Chiefs, the chief, Titans, anyone who's on, like, the path or anything like that right yeah. now. No, for real. Um, I completely forgot about that whole aspect of it, but it's a great call-out. So, when I look at these two teams, it's kind of like, Jordan's got a little more, like, name brand for me, whereas Mason's got a little more of your, like, 
guys who are putting up points but don't have the name brand behind it necessarily. Um, I kind of want to pick Mason in this one. Um, I think his best player is Diggs, and he's been really good. Uh, you know, double-digit points in every single game. Had 14.5 last week. Um, also, I just really want to pick Gardner Minshew. Uh, other than his week three judge, so he's had 20 points, 23 points, a nine-point performance that you referenced on Thursday Night Football against the Dolphins, but then another 20-point game last week. I really like Gardner Minshew. Uh, I'm going to roll with him, and I'm going to say Allen Robinson has another big game, back-to-back at least 20 points for him. So I'm going to I'm gonna pick Mason in this one. I'll, I'll differ from you. Yeah. Hey, man, I mean, it's, it's a point one line, so uh, I don't know that there's a wrong answer here. That's right. Uh, all right, last matchup to predict here. I saved myself for last. Um, Let's this go. Is a tough one. I'm so, so I'm playing Nick. So Nick is 4-0, obviously deserves a lot of respect. I'm 2-2. Two and two. My team obviously looks a lot different now, um, having Kamara in it, but I did just lose last week. We are both also projected to tie uh, pretty much at 122. The only difference of this, this you know, difference of a three tenths of a point here. Um, you know, I was listening to a couple of things you said earlier that have in the back of my mind, but uh, go ahead and tell me who you think is going to win this one between me and Nick first. I think you win. I think you're going to win. Yeah, baby. I don't love. I don't love the fact that you're starting two giants. Yep, I feel that's like what that's I texted a, Nick a, earlier. <laughs> that's just a bad recipe, no matter how you spin it. <laughs> in in all aspects of life. Having two Giants starting is, is just not a good thing. Um, but I look at the rest of your squad, and um, I think just looking at the matchups, they're they're all primed for big weeks. Um, Kamara's Kamara. He's he's number one running back in fantasy right now, so I don't know that we need to you know give a lot, a lot more color commentary there. Um, as stated before, Zeke, I think he's got a really, really favorable matchup against the Giants. I could see him absolutely feasting against them. Um, you know, potentially, you, you know, uh, one of those, like, two or three touchdown type games. Um, and then, you know, you look at DeAndre Hopkins going up against the Jets, which, you know, might be the worst team in the league. Um, just a lot of matchups and a lot of potential here for what I consider to be top-end talent guys in the league to, to go off. Um, and then I look at Nick's team, and I mean, he's got a, a ton of talent as well. Um, but I think it, for me, at least, it just kind of comes down to, to the matchups this week for you guys. And I think that your, your top end talent has more, um, you know, explosive ability this week than, than this does. So I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw this out there for a second. I think I got Nick on probably the worst week possible that you can get, you you can go up against Nick. Now, he has kind of... Um, I respectfully Hear disagree. Me Hear me out. Hear me. <laughs> I played against him. He scored like 200 points, and Tyler Lockett had like five TDs. <laughs> okay, hear me out. On paper, on paper, this is a really bad week to go against Nick, and here's why. Nick's biggest weakness is running back two. So his, his running back two is Kareem Hunt, who typically does not start, but Nick Chubb is on um, IR, so he's got Kareem Hunt as a starting running back for Cleveland. He's going to get all the touches. Also, his best player is Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley typically shares targets with Julio Jones. But you know who also isn't playing this week? Julio Jones. So all of a sudden, two of Nick's, like, you know, 
key points, his best player and then his worst player, are both in elevated uh, positions this week. I do like my matchups, like you said, and I do feel horrible about starting two Giants, but the Giants are probably going to be losing against Dallas, so they're going to have to throw a lot. So Evan Ingram and Darius Slayton should get a lot of targets, right? Yeah, in theory you're right. I just don't know if Daniel Jones can get them the ball. Um, so <laughs> I, I think that's try. a little bit of a risk. He's going to try, but again, like I, I, I don't see that as like a, a deal breaker. Like I'm still picking you to win this. Um, but yeah, I just that's that's my biggest risk on your end. Like if you were starting two other players that weren't Giants, I would I would be I don't want to say confident, but I I would be a little bit more assertive in my my pick of 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 you winning this week against Nick. But well, the Giants would be looking holding me back, and I think you. Yeah, I think you win a close one. Well, I would love to start, you know, James Robinson or uh, Cooper Cup or, you know, Tariq Cohen or any of those other guys, but I don't have them anymore. But I do have Devo <laughs> Samuel just kind of looking at me on the bench. He's getting ready to take over that flex position in another week or two. It's just not time yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah In my opinion, this is a matchup of the week. I think these are two good teams, two, two really, really good starting lineups, so. Um, it'll be interesting to see if somebody can take down Nick because I don't know how the fuck he's doing it. I mean, I know he's got a good team, but to have uh, that kind of quarterback capital on the bench just sitting there and still putting up, you know, four straight wins to start off the season is, is impressive, to say the least. So yeah. It'll be interesting to I see what happens with his, with his team. I don't know if he's going to look to trade those guys or he's just going to keep them as insurance. We'll see. I don't know. He's in a, but at the end of the day, it's obviously a good, a good, a good problem to have is having too many good players. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm going to make it clear. I respect the crap out of Nick's team. Um, I think I think Nick has the best team. Looking at his depth as well and what he can do. I mean, he's not even starting Kenny Galladay, David Montgomery, Damian Harris is going to be really good for New England um, as well, and those two quarterbacks he could possibly trade. I think this is the best team. But I don't think I can, like, you know, show my face in the locker room if I don't pick my own team in the matchup of the week. So I'm going to say we win by one point because of uh, Rodrigo Blankenship is going to make a uh, nice 50-yard field goal for me in garbage time against the Browns. And Rodrigo gives us the win. That's what we're going to – that's the official (laughs) prediction from the – Rodrigo. Is that the Rex Bax dude from Georgia? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh man! All right, I take back what it said. You're gonna you're gonna win this in a blowout. Black is just gonna have fifty. I didn't even know that guy was in the league. Oh yeah, kicker for the Colts. Uh, don't forget, I got the Cardinals going against the Jets. Uh, we're taking this one home. And we already heard John, you're 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 beating Christian this week. Uh, so best of luck to you and AJ Green. I uh, hope that he does enough to get you your W. I. I hope so as well. We desperately need it. 0-5 is, is a hole that we, we cannot afford to, to dig ourselves out of. I think if we lose this week, we're uh, we're in a lot of trouble. I might have to start wheeling and dealing. All right. Well, that does it for the podcast. We think we covered everyone's team at least a little bit. We also talked some Philadelphia Eagles, some Patriots, talked about COVID. We covered it all. So, John, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, of course, man. It was great talking to you, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, look forward to, to many more of these.
They tell me I'm too young to understand. They say I'm caught up in a dream. Well, life will pass me by if I don't open up my eyes. Well, that's fine by me. So wake me up. So wake me 